0: Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. This week I chatted to Julie Bruns, a Vancouver-based actress, writer, director, and producer. We chatted about her journey in acting, creating her own work, writing, and some fun rapid-fire questions. So grab a coffee and enjoy.
1: Welcome, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. Perfect. Um, I'm just gonna get you to introduce yourself to the listeners so who is Julie what do you do what's your deal take that
1: as you will definitely um my name is Julie Bruns I am an actor writer director reluctant producer (laughs) of film it's a necessary evil we must do it um it's true it's true and uh I'm usually based in Vancouver Canada yeah Um, I definitely have my heart and soul is in the the is an indie film and uh yeah I just I think at the core of everything I'm a storyteller it's uh started with acting and it kind of webbed out from there because there's just this natural thing that kicks in when it comes to stories it's just like how do we tell it better whether that's you know having an incredible script that gives you a solid foundation or like spending a lot of time with a character to try and like Find the core of who that person would be and yeah. to directing and, you know, how do you tell the story visually? I, I'm, I love all aspects of it. Oh, I
0: love that. We will, we're going to get into that because I want to ask you so many questions about like creating your own work and like all the things that you do. Um, but are you based, were you, were you born in Vancouver? Like, is
1: or did you move here? What's your deal? No, I'm kind of from, people ask me where I'm from and I never really know what to say. I, west coast of North America. I was born in Whitehorse, way up in the, in the Yukon in the north of Canada. Wow. Um, and then we moved to like Alberta, BC, down to California a bit, Arizona, Baja California, Mexico. Lots of driving back and forth between all of these oh, nice. points. Um, and then I moved to Toronto for a bit when I was, you know, around eighteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it it snowed there, and I was like, oh no, back to Mexico. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah. And then I moved to Vancouver about six years ago. So far, very little snow. I've settled in just fine.
0: That's amazing. Oh, wow. So you, so you're just currently based in Vancouver in terms of acting and all your projects, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like before, before pandemic times definitely was doing a bit of the back and forth to LA thing. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, this would be great. I'll do like winters down here and summers back here filming things. And, and yeah, then that then that changed. So now, now I'm based in Vancouver. <laughs> well,
0: there's a lot happening here right now, so it's not the worst place to be.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's
1: you got ocean, you've got forest, you've got like hikes galore, skiing, you've like you've got it all.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your journey as an actor been like? I guess in terms of the Vancouver industry, how what's your? I love asking people because everyone has like a different experience here. It's wild.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I decided to become an actor while I was still living in Mexico. Um, I was working in web development, but I was also doing a bit of work in like web advertising. And I went out to collect a overdue check from a client for like the second or third time, drove all the way out there, um, was told that they were out golfing again, despite having like set this appointment. And I remember just sitting in my car crying, going, if I'm gonna work this hard and not get paid, I'm gonna be an actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, which then, like, then I was like, oh, no, wait, maybe, maybe I'm serious about this. So I started kind of studying acting um, about a year before I moved to Vancouver. Uh, the place I was living at in Mexico had a lot of, like, um, retired Americans from all over the place. And so, Uh, One of my very first mentors, her name was Lenny, she was a a theater actor in New York, and so she, like, I remember her bringing a stack of like old, old acting books, like all the classics, and it's like, here, you need to read through these, and like, learn a monologue, and like, start working on it and see if it's the right fit. So I started that about a year before, and I was, you know, planning, planning the move, you know, budget to live in Mexico versus budget to live in Vancouver is a bit different. I moved to Vancouver and got started. I think I like landed and was like, okay, get into three acting classes at once and like learn all the things. I, I just remember being so excited and hungry to learn. Um, and that was about, I want to say six years ago, but now it's about six and a half. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think I spent the first year just fully dedicated and sinking into acting. I think it was like a year or two. Um, and then I kind of, I've always been like, a, in past pre-acting life, I was a bit of an entrepreneur, always had like something oh on the goodness, go. I've yeah. had like a job since I was 15 because I just loved, you know, working and, and doing things. Yeah. So I, you know, got to the point where I was loving you know, going down the journey of acting, but I also didn't want to be just waiting for a phone call from an agent. Oh, so, yeah. so the next step was um, I, got, uh, I got corrupted into behind the camera. I started producing um, and uh, got into producing for uh, Crazy Eights, which is a film competition oh, yeah. in Vancouver. Yes, which does six short films in the space of eight days. It produced- which is insane. <laughs> it's insane, it's crazy, I don't know why. <laughs> we have like an obsession with like, how, how much can we do in like, how little time? Yeah. In film, but, uh, so I started producing there, which was like, I did that for two, two and a half, two and a quarter years. Yeah. And it was basically felt like going through just this really amped up version of film school because, you go from, from not being a producer to suddenly, like, you just, you're exposed to everything. You know, you, yeah. you get to just stand in the middle of these production meetings and story edit sessions and set where, you know, I think like last year they had Russian arms and like all kinds of insane tools that you just wouldn't yeah. normally get to have access to. So that was kind of my accelerated um, substitute for film school. Wow, that's amazing, though, to have that experience and just oh, do yeah. that. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, probably the, the fastest way I feel like I could have learned so much and also got to know the Vancouver film community yeah, really well in a really short window of time. So I'm super thankful for that opportunity. Um, and then kind of from there, after like a couple years, I was like, okay, I really enjoy this, but... Yeah my love has always been, you know, the storytelling itself and as a producer, you're there to kind of support other people as they do that,
0: yeah. which
1: is in its own way, but I'm like, I want to tell my stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, from there, I went into kind of directing and writing more. I, yeah. as a part of like the web stuff that I was doing before, I'd started like in copywriting and and so I've been like technically a professional writer for 10 years. Amazing. So I'm like, well, perfect. I can I can write here. I can write there. It's it's screenwriting is an entirely different thing, but uh, yeah. But I mean, it's the same key elements of storytelling where you want to be able to write something that's going to hook somebody in, and like you want to honor your audience's time when you're when you're writing. It's uh oh, yeah yeah. So writing and directing for me kind of go very hand in hand. I started yeah. uh, directing. I think my first thing I directed was a short film for the um, Run and Gun 48 Hour Film Competition. And oh, I'm obsessed with things that that you have no time to do them. <laughs> I know. I was just gonna say there's like a
0: theme that's happening here. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, so that was fun. I think, yeah, we that was that was a great experience. Did that film? I think, I think I've done like four other uh, 48-hour film competition yeah, yeah. Uh, films and and it's still like one of my favorite ways to just like sit down and and make a five yeah. It's insane what you can do in 48 hours.
0: Yeah with that process I mean how do you tackle something like that because I mean I I mean I, I, I can see how it would be so great because you're just given this time to be like hey you have like 48 hours to create something do it how do you like go, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, how do you find inspiration in that? I would like freak out.
1: <laughs> yes, at 7 p.m. the competition starts and a live Facebook live or something comes up and the, um, uh, the host of the, the competition, Joel McCarthy, and this is a spoon, uh, basically give you three surprise elements to integrate into your script so that just to like level the playing field so that no one's pre-writing this stuff it really it's it's 40 hours from like conception to delivery so so yeah the pressure is definitely highest on that first night I think where you're like if we don't think of something coherent and interesting uh it's not gonna go very well but usually around like two or three in the morning you've got something kind of Starting to look good, starting to feel good, and then you possibly might get an hour or two of sleep in, if you're lucky. <laughs> oh my god! Usually not, uh, and you go into straight into filming uh, all of Saturday. Hopefully, you are wrapped by the end of Saturday, or at least we yeah. hours of Monday, and then you go straight into editing, coloring, sound design. We did a we had a live um, uh, score for our last one. You get really ambitious once you've done it a couple of times. Yeah, this <laughs> <Just is true. laughs> to into this thing, um, and then at 7 p.m. on Sunday night, you deliver in person on hand in a hard drive. <laughs> so, that is
0: insane. That's so cool.
1: Of, yeah, there's a lot of structure there so that you know when you're like, okay, we're on track because you know we're we have a story and it's 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it's just you just have to really trust your instincts and your gut and. My big rule of thumb is like, and I think this expands to anything film, is yeah. you don't start shooting until your script is good because that's like building a house on the foundation that's gonna crumble.
0: Oh, 100%. I agree with that. The script is so important, um, yeah. which I think is something that we all kind of, we can forget. I mean, I guess, I don't know if you relate to someone who's doing different you know, things, producing, directing, um, it's just as i think it's just the people who are just actors you know they just they forget that there's so much other work that goes into just a film and creating something like oh, yeah. yeah
1: i mean i think too like i'm a big fan of like the more you kind of cross discipline and understand about what everyone else is doing the better you are able mm-hmm. to work with them and the better the product's going to be i think you know actors take a basic screenwriting course you know
0: Yeah, writers,
1: go sit in and like audit an an acting class, directors, same thing, like you have to, the more you understand the tools that everyone else is using, the more you realize what they're handing over to you, you know, I I definitely think like when you sit in, I just recently sat in on a a screenwriting course, just because I wanted some, needed a kick of inspiration, always, (laughs) and I'm just always reminded of like, listening to a room full of writers talk about what they're what they're working to do to be able to hand over to an actor and give an actor the freedom to create a character yeah I think actors sometimes get so locked into this oh how am I supposed to do it right that they don't remember they don't realize that writers are like putting in little pieces but ultimately handing it over to you to add something to that and that's part of your job is not to guess what they were like the entire character they were trying to like imagine in their heads. It's it's they expect you to fill that in.
0: Yeah. That's so
1: true.
0: Uh what about your experience in directing? How what's that's I mean, that's amazing. I just want to know about that. Like what was that for you and how did you get into that where you were like, yeah, I'm gonna start directing now.
1: I love it. I think like the director is like the composer or not the composer, the conductor of an orchestra. You know, they're the person who kind of stands back and like watches the whole thing go past and like makes sure that everybody else is as enabled as they possibly can be to do the best job they can do. And that at the end of the day, all those pieces are going to fit together and like flow the same way that a piece of music flows. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that level of <laughs> creative control over a project is like, I love it. I think it's amazing and exciting. Yeah. also like a very a lot of responsibility have you I mean have you
0: directed yourself have you been like his your projects or you how does that what's that experience like
1: I have it is it's a whole other thing and I mean I think when you are directing yourself it's it's definitely like a skill to be honed and and I would say don't do it on something that's like a big yeah don't do it for your first thing ever. Like get good at acting (laughs) separately, get good at directing separately before you try and merge them. Because I think there's going to always be a sense when you're doing that, you're continually worried, like, oh, am I sacrificing quality here or here by being too, you know, um, broad in what I'm doing. But I mean, I, I love it. And I mean, I think like, it's not a, a crazy new idea. People have been doing it for, for ages and, you know, like, look at look at Citizen Kane like I mean oh my god there's there's so many examples of moments where it's worked really well and I think that part of that is that there's just this unity of vision and also selfishly I'm like ooh, you know you don't have to move on until you feel like you've really got it in some way
0: you have a balance
1: in your head as an actor going like okay I you know you know when you can get more Yes. Yeah. um mind you I think you do have to temper that with that that actor tendency like I can I can get more out of that when you you that's it you have to, that's it that's, you've like already done it <laughs> yeah that's the being good as a director point where you're like okay this is the cutoff you did a good job just settle down you know
0: yeah which so. I think is so it's it, yeah it's hard yeah when you're acting but I think you kind of need to get to that place of being self-aware I think like as an actor with like instincts and impulses like you know but I think there's always that voice that's like oh no like there could be another one and you just kind of I guess yeah have the director part and you'd be like no that's it
1: yeah and I mean I think too that's like preparation as an actor at the end of the day yeah. like when we're out here living our lives we technically get one take of our lives yeah. it's one take one shot that's life yeah. you know I mean and we screw up in life all the time you know I I think uh, I think there's this idea when you do it on screen like oh it has to be perfect and it has to be this manufactured thing we don't go into real life to like have an argument with somebody or like fall in love with somebody and like have it planned out you you can't really so I think that is just the preparation as an actor of like knowing who your character is and then the cliched what do they want you know um, but it's true it's like that's that's who we are as people like you are a person and you want certain things and therefore when you're presented with certain things in your life you react to them in a very natural way and I think in acting when you get to that point and you're that prepared and you know what that feels like and you can fall into that like yeah, whatever you're doing should feel very grounded. And no, it's not gonna be, oh, it's the perfect manufactured thing, but oh, nobody gosh. wants to watch that anyway.
0: I know, I don't.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like acting then.
0: It, it, which is so crazy. Cause it's like, it's just, yeah. It, it's always a funny thing. Cause it's like, I love like in class, if someone like messes up a line, I'm like, like if, and they keep going, like, that's so beautiful. Like that's intriguing. But it's once someone messes up a line and they're like, oh, and then start again. It's like, well, now you've just pulled me out of it because, but it's a thing that we do where we're like, oh, no. And it's like, we're aware of it. So it's like, yeah, it's wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's I, I think, you know, we forget what we're saying in real life all the time. And, and exactly. Again, if you come back to what am I doing? What do I want? What am I, oh, right, that mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, I think there's also the added benefit if your director writer actor it's like you flub along. it was a rewrite it was a last minute yeah. rewrite. I swear. <laughs> yeah i
0: was right now i just rewrote it it's all good guys <laughs> um yeah what, didn't tell yeah. anyone no yeah it's bad <laughs> what are your favorite projects to write do you have a specific genre that you're you know into i
1: i don't necessarily I like I like anything that is a strong story to -hmm. set that as a baseline I I, I'm always intrigued by like so many different kinds of stories I know I I do have a particular passion for like psychological thriller and horror I think it's a really interesting framework to tell a strong story around because I think you know you strip out horror elements and most horror stories are about something really human and really relatable. I think it's just horror is just such a fun genre and thriller is such a fun genre to just play with delivering a story in a way that sometimes someone isn't really catching all the meaning until you hit to you get to the end and they're like oh oh and then those conversations can start. I think too like I love dark comedy. I love I love films where people are struggling, struggling with like an aspect of themselves. I love like, I think like our biggest, the biggest thing in our lives that we fight with is ourselves most often. And I think those internal battles are my most, the thing that I like showing the most.
0: Yeah. How do you get inspired when you write? Like is there does it just happen? (laughs) Like where you're like, oh, or
1: you (laughs) um uh I uh I pandemic has not been I've been saying for so long, like, oh, I just need to lock myself in the house and not see anyone for a couple months and then I would get all the writing done. That's not what I needed, apparently. (laughs) Um I there's a lot of different ways of, of for me to motivate myself to write. I guess, which is good because sometimes I need to try several of them before it, it works.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I've set aside times in my calendar where it's just like, even if you sit there and you don't do anything for an hour, you sit there with the program open and you'll probably <laughs> write something or I'll be like, mind trick, you know, write, sit down and write one sentence because if you write yeah. one sentence, you're probably going to write another and another and then you've written a page and then you've written three and okay, that's your, done for the day. Um I, I've tried bribing myself with Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I then had it was too much sugar going on. Tried bribing myself with chamomile tea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, trying to pick like certain times of the day that I, I know that I enjoy sitting in the sun working on something anyway. Uh, and then the other thing that I've discovered more so during the pandemic, I love writing with other people as well. I, yeah. I love that, uh, that kind of dynamic that happens when you're bouncing ideas back and forth and like every, everything's getting challenged. And I think that's always good because even if you're not going to change, you know, the mm-hmm. idea to, to the suggestion, it makes you realize that your original idea needs to be clarified and needs to have more of a hook and, and whatever you think yeah. that it's doing, it might not be doing that well enough. So yeah. yeah. Yes,
0: that's so interesting. I mean, I think it's always interesting. And in, I mean, in all like even directing, writing and acting how things you can have an idea of like what you write on the page and you're like, yeah, this is this is great. But then someone might read it and they're like, oh, I didn't see that at all. Like, I think that's so fascinating trying to convey. Do you have like, have you found that where you're like written something and then you take it to someone and you're like, and they're like, oh, I saw it this way. And you're like, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah I mean usually that's the big thing with screenwriting is is always like if you have a story and you're passionate about the story and it's what you want to tell and you take it first of all like I am always like take it to somebody that you trust because everybody like 20 people will read a script and get you'll have 20 totally different viewpoints. Yeah Uh, if they all have the same viewpoint it means there's something specific that's wrong that needs to be fixed before anything else but even like the best scripts even the best movies like think about like the top academy award winning movies yeah you'll have one that you like better than the others um so it's important to get you know feedback from people that you yeah. you trust but i think it's also even even if it's not like oh this is a writing mentor of mine and i like trust exactly mm. what they're saying is like going to be valuable it, it, your films going to get watched by so many different people um i think that you could you know show it to whoever and whatever they come back and, and say to you you get a, a picture of what they've managed to pick up off the page and how well you've translated your ideas and if they're missing something that probably means you need to go back and make sure that you've established it because that's one um, thing when you stare at the page for so long all the details are in your head but you might not have put them all on the paper in the yeah. way they be
0: yeah that's so interesting that yeah that's just so fascinating I'm always just like so intrigued by it because it it is and it's such a process like all of this which is
1: important to remember it's 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 funny because I mean I think a lot of the time when actors are yeah sitting around waiting for the phone to ring people go oh just you know create your own stuff do your own thing it's like it's a shortcut it's the world's longest shortcut yeah you cannot become a famous actor any faster you just hopefully end up coming out at a point where you're like way more prepared to do way more intensive storytelling, hopefully in like a more thorough way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you get there any faster. I
0: know it's so true. Cause I guess in this day and age, it is, you know, everyone's saying just create your own work, which is so beautiful. And I think everyone has a story to tell, but it's a process and it takes a very long time to- create something it doesn't just happen um which I think is just not talked about because I feel like it's like just create it
1: yeah but I think like also like I think it's I think it's amazing I think it should be celebrated when you do take all that time to learn all this stuff because it's difficult it is difficult you know when they say anybody can do it yeah anybody who's got 10 years to spare can do it you know it's it's um there's a reason why, you know, it's a difficult industry to get into, and there's yeah. a reason why it's hard to make a really good film, like, mm. there's such a process to it, and there's also such a history to the art form, you know, I mean, yeah. and if, if you're an actor, and you want to be a better actor, like, yeah, reading plays, yeah, watching, you know, movies from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and understanding of the, history of the art form, and, like, understanding what the tools on set do and how people operate those and and just expanding all of that that knowledge it's only going to serve you in a better and better way oh my
0: gosh i agree 100 i i think yeah if anyone can just get involved in anything even just to try it or like you said before which was so beautiful about like if you're a director get into an acting class or you know try a screenwriting class you know there's no harm in doing that because you'll learn Something or just
1: great. at least sit in on them and like yeah, and absorb and like the thing is is filmmaking is for crazy people who love it and can't do anything else. <laughs> like what else are you doing with your time? This if if it doesn't matter enough for you to want to do that,
0: yeah,
1: like double check because it's it's going to be a long frustrating journey even if yeah. it's a successful journey. So you gotta hang in there.
0: You gotta you there.
1: love it. You have to be. Oh yeah you know
0: oh I have always said that I I never quite understood like when people like when I was starting out when people would say like there would be teachers out there I'd be like well if you think you can do anything else with your life do that and I was like that's a little brutal isn't it just trying to live my dreams. and I think now I've understood that because I was like yeah you really have to love this if you see yourself doing something else you should do that like you know I totally feel you
1: I mean and, and that's the thing like I think that most people who hear that and go why would you say that probably do love it, but the thing is, is, is I, there's a point where, like, I, you can love it in that, you know, you want to do it maybe for fun, you know, Mm -hmm. that intensively, but there's a point where it, it does become a bit of your life. It's not like going to the office, clocking in, clocking out, and going home, you know, and whether that's an audition coming in at, you know, 10 p.m. Do the next morning or Mm -hmm. or you're shooting a 20-hour day or you know or it's just somebody going oh here's a list of films you should watch and it's 100 films long and it's all you know obscure black and white movies that you may have never heard of are you excited about that it's okay to be overwhelmed but if you're going oh i hate this it's like Mm -hmm. those are the things that if you if you're obsessed and you love it and you're learning and you're doing that stuff like yeah you're probably a crazy film person yeah you're probably (laughs)
0: This is true. I agree. I am here for this. And I agree with you. Um, how do you handle mindset with all of that? You know, with, yeah, I think that's a crazy
1: thing of just the pressure. I think like for me personally, I feel like there's like two very defined, like I have on and I have off and,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's off like right kind of before you get started and, and, before you hit that point of no return where you could be like, no, I'll just call everybody and call it off, and like we'll just, you know. Yeah. I, um there's always a certain point in a project where it just hits point of no return for me, where it's just the mindset switches to it's getting done no matter what, figure it out. And I think like there's this really interesting thing that happens when you decide it's happening, it can't not happen, figure it out, because you then, you just do, you don't spend any time sitting, going, oh my god, frozen by, by a lot of overwhelming stuff, because it is overwhelming, you're just like, line it up, and knock it down, and, and prioritizing on the fly, and hopefully, you know, if you've done your job right as a producer, um, you have found a crew of incredible people who all on their, their own are incredibly talented and incredibly Mm -hmm. capable and when you get into those situations hopefully yeah you can like designate certain issues to certain people and and you've got the kind of people who are also in that boat of it's gonna happen we're gonna figure it out yeah yeah that's so I love the point of no return that's actually so beautiful
0: and it's so true because I think if you're yeah when you're just stuck with all this time it's the biggest mood killer because you have time to think about everything and yeah. you're
1: like don't so think weird. about anything that's my advice yeah don't don't do it <laughs> no.
0: stop thinking
1: yeah just do I, it. I, yeah it's it's i i sat in my beanbag the other day and thought for a half an hour about you know folding my laundry which took five minutes when i actually did it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't do that on a film you just have to go and you and trust. It's uh yeah. It's fun. I mean, I, I'm sure that at, there's points where it's failed completely because I mean it's never entirely risk-free. Like that's yeah, exactly. the nature of art. If it's entirely risk-free, then you're probably making boring art. <laughs> that's like, that's
0: good to know. <laughs> like, there's no risks. She'll feel a little bit stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Always <laughs> stressed. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I mean, yeah. Um, so what would be three things that you've learned that you would want to share with people through creating your own work?
1: Ah, uh, gosh, um, you can, <laughs> we'll start with the really simple one. You can do it. You, there we go. you don't need to wait for somebody to give you permission. You don't need mm-hmm. to wait for somebody necessarily to teach you. There's a ton of resources. There's, you know, you can you can go on on YouTube now, and like, there's so many films that are broken mm-hmm. down by you know the people of YouTube, uh, you know, <laughs> that explain yeah. beat by beat how these movies work and why they work, and like, you can yeah. you can study it. You don't have to have a ton of money. You generally just have to have a ton of time. Um, yes, if you're an actor. Like like, think of how hard you think you can possibly work, and then like think a few steps further Mm -hmm. because like that's probably the point where you're going to be really making a difference because you you yeah you don't have to be the hardest working actor in the world you just have to be working harder than like (laughs) 95 (laughs) percent um and by working hard I don't mean you know punishing yourself with stuff like I mean yeah just just even just watching films don't yeah. work really well films that don't work well and figuring out why not like there's there's so much to be absorbed through through these little things um so yes you can do it don't wait for anybody to to don't wait for anyone to pick you uh go out and do it sure um vet your people Ooh. like what do i want to make the last one i want to make it something good but i something punchy, bring it home. Uh, Okay, as acting specific one.
0: Yeah.
1: It has to feel natural. If it doesn't feel good or right or like you're, you are, if it doesn't feel like you just existing, then it's probably going to not read that way. Yeah. And if you're worried about eye lines and lines and like, you're not prepared enough, whether that's rehearsing a specific scene or doing, you know, enough preparation beforehand that you're not in your head about those things the, the less nerves are not helping really with anything and the more you can get rid of those and just sink into what you're you're doing with the character the better it's gonna be and then you, you've got more bandwidth in your brain if the director goes that's great now just you know do it while doing a handstand and juggling bananas you can be like oh yeah sure totally amazing let's do it <laughs> super prepared for that included that in my <laughs> prep <problem. That> no <one. laughs>
0: Yeah I think there's something really beautiful in acting when you get to a moment where when you can play with it because you've done all the work you, it's sitting wherever it's sitting and there's just, just something free about being like okay well now I'm here and I'm present I can just play because you just know it yeah. um so yeah I kind of agree I think if you're thinking about all the things the lines or where do I look it's it you're already out of it because yeah. like, what's my next line
1: and I mean, like, that's, that's at the end of the day, like, that's the job is to come ready mm. to make changes and and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like hopping in a taxi and going, oh, go up here and turn left. And the taxi driver going, oh, I'm sorry. I've only practiced driving straight. I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You, you have to be able to be flexible and take those things because that's, that's the yeah. job. And you know what? Sometimes, yeah, there's story things in there that we can miss them or, you know, things can get edited before you even get to mm. set uh, the director, you get there and and there's this idea of like what they're trying to create and it's very different from yeah. what was necessarily put out there and it's, yeah, you have to be ready and like willing to not just, not just play, but be excited to be like, oh, I want, I hope he's got something good because I'm going to be able to bring it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, let's talk about so there's two projects that you have coming out, coming out, or they. Let's talk about
1: them. <laughs> they are currently on their film festival runs, and amazing things are getting sorted out for when they're coming out. But it is going to be later in 2021.
0: So oh wow, exciting, exciting. Yeah. Um, I will get you to
1: introduce them both. We'll talk about them both. But which one do you want to start with? <laughs> start with Ada, because that's the one that we shot first, and it started its Full Run a while ago, and it's probably, yeah, it's, uh, so Ada we did as actually um, part of the Crazy Eights program. My oh, okay. partner, uh, Steven Kammerer, directed it and pitched okay. it through Crazy Eights and got it through and uh, cast me as Ada, and yeah, it's basically the story of the world's first computer programmer who was a woman named Ada Lovelace, yeah. who wrote this program back in the 1840s before computers existed. So she faced a bit of a dilemma. Yeah. Uh, and the film is basically about the last few years of her life. She died young of uh, uterine cancer. Yeah. And she basically spent the last little bit of her life really trying to get um, a lot of male adventure male investors, because it was Victorian England, yeah. um, to commit money to building the world's first computer, which would then have run her program, which would have then, you know, we would have been texting a lot earlier. That's wild. <laughs> on a hologram by now. Um, yeah, but it was a blast to shoot. It's about, uh, I believe the end run time is 18 minutes and change. Um, yeah. We shot it in three days. It's like set in in like 1850s, London England and it's shot in Vancouver during a snowstorm (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no um I hope yeah you know because I was
0: watching a little bit of it because you sent me a sneaky link and I now knowing that I wouldn't have realized
1: yes that was like there's like the the production uh and locations team is like working magic finding like these spots but yeah so that was that was a blast that was three days Full period costume, yeah. full makeup, corset, period-specific corset for the whole time. Lunch was not <laughs> a thing that really was great for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh, no. Yeah, yeah, things you don't think about until, like...
0: <laughs> until you're doing it, and you're like, yeah. well, then. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, it's the, it's cool. the filmmaking cool. period piece diet. <laughs> What was your experience as an actor doing a period piece? And also because I guess it was based on a true story. So, you know, researching that would have been amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, so Steve and I first came across Ada's story like six years ago, almost wow. six years ago. Um, and it was really interesting because she was the daughter of Lord Byron, who was like one of the most, he was like the rock star of his time. Uh, and he was a poet. And yeah. always been a fan of of Lord Byron, and I had been, you know, in web development, computer sciences. Yeah. Neither of us had ever heard of Ada Lovelace, and we both just thought this was so odd wow. that she wasn't more of a household name. So that story really stuck in our heads for a long time. So we were kind of familiarized with Ada uh, a long time before. Before the film ever started going, and and every yeah. you know year or two, Steve would be like, "Oh, I can't believe there's not a movie about this." And yeah. so when when Crazy AIDS came up, and he was like, "Oh, what do I what do I what do I pitch?" I'm like, "Why don't you pitch you know a movie about Ada Lovelace?" Yeah, and half joking maybe because, but not really. But yeah, period pieces are not a budget friendly thing to shoot. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is true. <laughs> um. But I mean, when we got into it, and especially the fact that, you know, we'd both been kind of peripherally, you know, immersing ourselves in, in this story for so long, it was yeah. amazing to have this, this true life thing to, to draw from as a framework and an inspiration, because I mean, yeah. as an actor, like what better gift is there than to draw from a human being who actually existed, yeah. lived this incredible life and like, what an honor to, to bring that to the screen, and I mean, I mean in any script you want the character to be as true and lifelike and, and authentic as possible, yeah. but but to bring a person like that and and yeah, re, yeah relive that aspect of her life was amazing. it's still my one of my favorite yeah. experiences
0: yeah, also period pieces look really good on you, just saying. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. I'm 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 a fan. I enjoy it, corset and all. I do it again.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: do it, do it, do, <laughs> <I definitely> it. <laughs> do it again. Um, maybe with like slightly more time next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I mean, still, there's a theme again with you and like, doing projects in a short yeah, amount of time.
1: Just like a, a longer nap between like wrap and and post. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I
0: guess with crazy eights, you would go straight. Because yeah, it's eight. Wait, it's eight. No wait, is it eight days? Am I tripping? Eight
1: days. Eight days. It's, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You can. You can. It's written before um, day one. You, you. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's delivery again. Hand in your disc at the end of eight days. Yeah. gee, Wow. Hats. Claps
0: to you and to anyone <laughs> who does that, because that's wild and insane yes. and amazing. Um.
1: And then let's talk about your other little film. That's yeah. The Pergamentum. The Pergamentum is a. A Dark Tale of retaliation. <laughs> uh, what well, we ended up with the log line because I love, love me a good pun. Um, <laughs> it is a, it's an eco horror, I guess you could yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, it was done, uh, one of those ones that we did for the 48 hour competition because- Which I, is insane. Yes. So we did that in 48 hours. That one was fun because it was, we, myself, uh, my partner, Steven, and uh, Sean Major, who is a, a film friend of ours, we decided to try a different approach and co-write, co-produce, and co-direct it, um, partially because uh, both Sean and I wanted to act in it. So <laughs> so all, all the hats, just an avalanche of hats, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, that one was was a lot of fun to do because we shot it on a, on location on a float house, um, up in North Vancouver in, uh, <laughs> October, mm-hmm. which was, uh, chilly. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, if you, if you see the film, you'll know why it was probably not a, a great time to, uh, film oh, this movie, God. but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, we had, like, full scuba gear for Steve and Sean who were both like uh Patty certified and that's why we were like oh what can we do this year that's like really pushing them oh let's oh, let's do underwater stuff yeah <laughs> um yeah so we had like a, a hot bathtub filled with water and uh so it would be like Especially if you weren't in a wetsuit, it was like two minutes in the water. You get a little lightheaded. Pull you out, stick in your bath. It's mm-hmm. like it's like extreme budget, you know, yeah. Scandinavian spa contrast baths. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. How you said like something that about
0: like pushing the envelope. Like I think that's just that's like so cool to, you know, which I think is just an, an amazing thing in filmmaking to be like, okay, well, what can we do to just like, you know, because I the I haven't seen many. You know, that's just wild, like many things like that. um, And the fact that you created that 48 hours is wild and so inspiring.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's, I mean, and to be fair, like it wasn't our, I think it was, yeah, that's that was our last one that we did. And so yeah. we've done this like four or five other times. Um, And mm-hmm. I'd acted in a couple of them before that. So definitely it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, we're getting good. We're getting cocky. What do we do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What? Do we jump out of a plane? Do we like jump in the ocean? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. But that's that was a really fun little project. It's, uh, I think, got a bit of a timely message. Again, like it's a horror. It's a short horror film. It's not that. It's not too too scary. Um, yeah. I'm definitely a, <laughs> more of a fan of like psychological more than than necessarily blood and guts. Yeah, the gore factor can get a yeah. bit. We get it. <laughs> I like. Well, I mean, and. I, I appreciate it. It's just, I don't do it as well as I do, I think like the mental
0: tricky
1: yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's got kind of a, a timely message and was a lot of fun to just play with with that structure of the horror film that's telling you this, this story, but you're maybe not even noticing it because you're hooked into like, what? Yeah what the elements of that uh, what's gonna scare you next. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love that. It.
0: All right, I'm gonna ask you some fun little rapid fire questions Definitely. to like finish up. So let's do this. Okay. So first one is if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you?
1: Oh wow. <laughs> I just recently saw Nomad Land and I Ooh. not my life, but it's like um with all the traveling and like going reminded yes. me of that. Um. Oh, what genre would it be? Dark comedy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, nice. Who would play me? Oh, oh, um, oh, I'm completely blanking on. I've three different people in my head, and I'm blanking on all their names. <laughs> um, Oh, who plays Villanelle in Killing Eve? Oh, Jody. I'm um,
0: um, Jody Comer.
1: Yes. I want to say yeah. Jodie Foster, and I'm like wrong. I mean, J-. she's great as well. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, I I can see that. I yeah,
1: that'd be fun. I, I want
0: I want her job.
1: <laughs> I want to be, or not. I want to be villain.
0: <laughs> me all. I love that. Um. Well, what was the last film that you watched? Um,
1: Sahara. Oh. It was uh yeah it was um a bit of a break from, during pandemic times, we've been doing a lot of movies from the 30s and 40s, and then we took a break from that, and start watching what we're thinking is gonna be the potential Oscar contenders of this year, and then we just like, I I don't know, palate cleanser, Sahara. Just something (laughs) to just, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I like that. Realize until halfway through the film, I'm like, I've seen this before, this happens, and this happens, and then this happens, right?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean You're it's like, been
0: a really long time. I love that. Um, what's a trait that you dislike in other people?
1: Oh. I guess dishonesty. Like you should okay. always be, even, even if it's a bad thing that you feel bad about, like own your stuff. We're all learning oh. and growing. We all screw up. Own your stuff. Everybody I will love that respect you more and 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 they'll trust you and that's you know what it's we're all going to screw up and if you can own that that's a strong thing own your stuff that's the catch line (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) um what's the best compliment you've ever received Uh,
1: somebody once told me that I deal with everything with grace and I I don't know if that's true I'm a fairly clumsy person sometimes but I've always been like ooh. Somebody out there thinks I deal with everything with grace.
0: So you're like, I'm taking that with me. And it. I am. <laughs> you're like, well, one person said that I'm dealing with this gracefully. So <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think that's a, like grace is such a lovely thing to just. It, it feels like a combination of professionalism and like confidence and ease. I'm like, yeah, there's like, there's a lot of little facets in there. Take it take it put that in your resume
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and then what's a piece of advice you didn't take but you wish you did
1: oh there's 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 probably a lot of little ones (laughs) stay up late at night going why didn't i do that why did Um, i not take that advice (laughs) oh gosh um i feel like my partner stephen constantly gives me (laughs) constantly gives me advice and i resist it sometimes for a bit and then I start to do it and then I'm like ah you were right um you're like god damn I mean I guess like right now the piece of advice that I I didn't take wished I did and now I'm currently like taking and like I'm raising more and more is a piece that he gave me which was you know if you're if you're going to be an artist in an art form study the tradition study who came before mm. it. it's you know it's one of those things where it's hindsight 2020 can we still say that um <laughs> where once you start doing it like because because i my my push back to it was like oh no i don't want to you know i don't want to steal other people's ideas mm. to be but everybody everybody has you look at like star wars and like so much of that is coming from other places like you look at like compositions of frames where it's like and and other people with like a better eye and like yeah and me have like there's there was a twitter thread not long ago that was like screenshots of films and like renaissance paintings they were based on and you're like
0: the amount
1: of detail that that it just enriches things so much we're all standing on the shoulders of giants anyway so this is true yeah everything's
0: kind of already been done before Like there's, you know, there's, there's so many ideas out there and
1: yeah, it's wild. And why not make a better thing with those torches that have been passed down to you? Yeah, exactly. It's true. Um, you
0: made it. You survived the podcast. We did it. (laughs) Yay. This was fun.
1: I know. I hope it was. I'm always like, I hope it was fun for you. (laughs) No, I'm like, this is great. Considering I hadn't talked to anybody really. And like, yeah, you did the whole thing. Didn't, like, have to make up words. (laughs)
0: I'm like. Like, just a good old chat, a good old fun time. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome, and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon, wherever you are. And I'll see you in the next episode.